Thank you, Lord. Just leave my lights off, Brian, if you don't mind. And it gets so hot in here tonight, today. Um, I was going to t- title this sermon today. I was riding down the road this week, and I got this. If we don't love them, who will? And um, in 1996, um, in Central America, Becky and I was there, and uh, we had been doing revivals, and that's all I ever wanted to do was be an evangelist, you know. And I liked what I was doing there in Panama. And we had, you know, having great revivals there and everything going good. And so I'd get out and walk in the mornings early. And uh, we lived in an area where kind of a cul-de-sac and uh, houses and stuff. And I would walk. And I'd walk in the morning and pray. And as I was walking, uh, this after several days of doing this, the Lord just kind of stopped me one morning and he said, I want you to go to Portland, Tennessee and build a church and love the people through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I heard that and so I thought, well, I know that's the Lord that was dealing with me to do that. And so I came back and I told Becky and... uh, I said, Becky, I feel like God wants us to go to Portland. I never had been to Portland maybe a couple of times passing through. I hadn't been up here much. Even though I had a business in White House, I never was this way much. My daughter lived on the other side of Portland. So I told Becky, I said, I feel like God wants us to go to Portland. Love the people through the power of the Holy Spirit. So when I said that, five minutes later, she had her bags packed. So it's obvious that uh, God, <laughs> so, because um, I never wanted to be a pastor, you know, I wanted to be an evangelist and never wanted to be a pastor, and so um, we finished things up in Panama, and um, the people that we were working with there, and we came back to Portland in uh, 1990, January 1997, we started the first church over in the little storefront, and so that's kind of how we started. But I said all that to say this. Um, I was talking to Joshua, and I kick his hand in. He's not here today. Um, and uh, But we had the storefront, and uh, I don't know. We'd been there maybe two or three months or something. I can't remember how long. But anyway, we had the little storefront right in the middle of Portland, and people would walk by, and you know, we're right downtown there. And so one day, Josh and uh, four or five guys come through. You know, they're pretty rough-looking guys, and uh, they'd come to church that Sunday morning. And uh, so Josh got a lot of young people coming to church. So as many young people, actually, Becky and I was youth pastors also. We would meet with them on Sunday night. And so 
Josh come to church and got saved. And a lot of those guys come in and got saved off the street there in Portland. And um, so, um, and then Josh became an usher, was an usher here for a lot of years. And so we had moved out to this new building here, and we had ushers that had jackets. You know, we had jackets for the ushers, and we had them in our had them in my uh, office, and they would come get their jackets in the morning and put their jackets on. We're going to start. We're going to have some new. Uh, I've decided we're going to. In fact, we need anybody want to be an usher, see me because we're going to we're going to get. Not that we're going to fire y'all, but we we need a couple more new ushers. And I've decided we're going to go to um, a pink coat and black pants. So if that entices you to be an usher, that's what we're going to do: pink coats and black pants. And um, but anyway, Josh come into office that morning, and um, I was having a rough week and just had I, I just didn't feel good. And I'd had people, just all kinds of stuff going on. But Josh come in that morning to get his jacket. I'll hurry up and make this quick. He come in to get his jacket behind the door. And I'm at the desk, and I just I had a pity party. And Josh looked over, and he said, Pastor Herbie, I want to tell you something. He said, if you hadn't come to Portland, Tennessee, when you did, he said, I'd be dead today. He said, I was a drug, drug addict, dealer, whatever, uh, carried a pistol, and he said, uh, I would be dead if you didn't, hadn't come to Portland. Well, na- naturally, that ended the pity party, you know, there. And But he told me something that was um, so good. And he told me this the other day. I was talking to him the other day. I said, Josh, I said, you know, you've been here since day one, really. And he said, yeah. And he said, um, you know, Brother Herbie said, you loved me. When no one would love me. He said, my family didn't love me. No one loved me. But he said, you loved me. And that's what it's about. Because let me tell you something. If, if, if we can't love them, we can't win them. And I was at the store the other day up here at Hills. I was in the parking lot. And I'd gone in the store early in the morning. I like to go early in the morning. And it was about 6.30 in the morning. And I was sitting at, I'd gone into the store and I'm sitting in the car. And I see this guy and he's got a little bicycle. And he's an old, like, dirty, filthy clothes. And he's, he's filthy. He's got hair kind of long. He's probably about 50 or 60 years old. And he pulls his bicycle up to the store and he puts it up on the wall and he's going through the garbage cans. And he's getting cigarette butts off of the people throw cigarette butts down and he's picking up cigarette butts and he's going through the garbage cans. And I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, I love that man. As much as I love you. So God loves everybody, no matter where they are in life. And if we can't tell that man that we love him, how can we tell a God that we've never seen that we love him if we've got the love of God in us?
And so that kind of gave me a wake-up call about um, loving these people, you know. We go in the Bible and we see uh, several things about love. Of course, the Bible is full of love. But there's four types of love. Number one is eros, E-R-O-S. That's a type of love, and that means physical love. That's like uh, little Roy and his girlfriend up there. They're erosing. <laughs> Physical type love, you know. He looks good. She looks good. That, that type love. Next one is storge. S-T-O-R-G-E. That's like parents and children. Affectional type love. That, that type love. The third type of love is phalo, T-H-I-L-E-O. It's like a brother or a friend. That's a different, you love your brother different than you would even love your mother or your children. It's a different type, type love. But the number one love that is prevalent throughout the Bible is agape, agape love. And that's the love of God. And agape love is unconditional love. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It's unconditional. You can't do enough for God to love you. You can't get good enough for God to love you. He loves you right now. No matter where you're at. No matter where you're in life. Do you understand? And, and I got so much revelation on that with that vagabond man in that parking lot up there. That God loves him as much as he loves me, but that guy don't know about God. See, I know about God. I know what he's done for me. But that man needs to know about God. That no matter what you've done in life, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, God loves you just as much as he loves me. You understand that? I got a little boy back there, Travis, that I know since he's a little baby. Little three, four, five, six years old. Travis, you understand that today? That he loves you as much as he loves me. So it would behoove me then to find out about what the love of God will do in our life and what is what it will help us. But agape is, is unconditional, sacrificial love that he gave his only begotten son, that if we would believe in him, that we'd have everlasting life. In Matthew, the 11th chapter, verse 28, Jesus said this, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's no rest without Jesus. There's no rest without God in your life. You might get by, but you won't get away. It'll always be God tugging to try to get you to come. He said, take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Agape love is, is, is burden-removing, yoke-destroying, the anointing of God that will take you. You know, if, if, if a person is a sinner, they know, they know they're a sinner. They don't have to be told they're a sinner. If a person is a drunk, he knows he's a drunk. Tito knew he was, he, he was a drunk. 
but it was the power of God and the love of God. I never met. Let me tell you something with your husband here. There's plenty of time he come here on Sunday morning and I smelled alcohol on his breath. There's plenty of times I could have said, Tito, are you drinking today? You come to church drinking today? No, you know what? I put my arm around and tell him I love him. No matter what he's at, no matter where he's at, love will break the bonds of the devil in your life. When we can love one another, it will break the bonds off of the, the hindrances that people are, are living under. And let me tell you something. If the devil can get you out of your love talk, he'll get you out of your love walk. You don't get anything out of here today, get this. If the devil can get, stop you from talking love, you'll quit walking love. But if you'll talk love, you'll walk love. Now, in Luke the 19th chapter, and I don't have, we're going to have to move quickly today because I know y'all want to get to, to, uh, Red Lobster or wherever you go. In Luke the 19th chapter, Bible says Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, was chief tax collector, and he was rich, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short in nature. He ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see if he could see Jesus. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is looking for Jesus, but you've got to get this right here. Jesus was looking for Zacchaeus. Jesus was looking for the man in the tree. Because he knew somebody was there that needed to, him to show love to. So he said, Jesus came to the place. He looked up and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down here for today. I'm going to stay at your house. He's going to stay at his house, a sinner. Now, you know, I'm going to share this with you. I try to love everybody. But agape love does not mean that I have to fellowship with everybody. It's like, you know, there are some people that you have to love at a distance. Because it will be peace in your life and their life. But Jesus comes and he sees that kiss. He said, Make haste and come down here. And he received him joyfully. But look, when they saw it, they'd all complain, Well, he's gone to the house of a sinner. Well, how's he going to win him if he don't go? So he went to the house of the sinner. Then Zacchaeus said, Lord, Lord, I give half everything to the poor. And if I've taken anything by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to your house. Today the agape love that operates in me has now become part of you. Praise God. Now over in the first John four, and first John is full of uh love, but in first John four verse uh First John 4, verse 8. He who does not love does not know God. Well, we could stay here for a while. 
He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now, you know, there is people in this life that you really have to work at. I mean, you know, it... it, I mean, sometimes it takes an, ever, uh, an extra dose of the Holy Ghost to, to, to love some people. But he said, if you don't love them, you don't know God. Verse 11 said, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. You know, if you just go through and listen to the news media, this world, let me put it in everyday language. This world's in a hell of a fix. I'm just going to tell you the honest truth. You turn on TV, there's no love anywhere. I mean, it's like what they're doing to a good man. I'm not going to get into politics. But what they're doing to a good man on the Supreme Court up there. That come and try to tear down someone. and try, But that is the mode of operation of our government and of all this other stuff. If there's no love anywhere. But the Bible says that God loves us. So that gives, if He loves me, I have the ability to love you. And it's mandated for me to love you no matter what you've done for us. Now you know, you guys know the story. I don't think it's in the book. But I'm going to tell you this story, a little quick story here. I had a situation, the reason I got out of church, I had a preacher's son beat me out of $25,000. And that's back when $25,000 was a lot of money. 1996, 95, 96. So, naturally, the nice guy I am, back then, I told him, I said, I'm going to tell you something. You come on my driveway again, and I will kill you. K-I-L-L, kill. Uh, now, I said, now, you understand that? Do you understand what I'm telling you? That I will kill you. Well, he never come again. Because he believed what I was telling him. Now, like today, you know me, today I wouldn't. The nice guy I am. But I wasn't always a nice guy. Now, I know I'm the only one in here that never was a nice guy. I know all of y'all are just sweet and, and never had a problem. I know all of y'all in here has never been mad at no one. But I have. So I said, you just go ahead, come on up here and I'll kill you. Well, now, you know the story. My little wife took my socks and had them anointed at the revival, right? Then I got saved August 22nd, 1990. Well, August 22nd, 1990, I got saved. August 23rd, I couldn't function because I stayed in bed all day because the Holy Ghost laid me out for 24 hours. But August 24th, you know where I was at? I looked him up. Well, y'all don't believe that. But I looked him up. Two days after I got saved, I looked him up. I said, I'm going to tell you something. I looked him up, and he's probably, oh, I wonder what's going on here. But I looked him up. I said, I'm going to tell you something. 
I said, I forgive everything you've done to me. I want you to understand that I forgive everything you've done. And I love you. You know what that was for? It wasn't for him. It was for me. Because when I was able to do that, when I was able to tell him that I forgave him and love him, it was all off of me. Now, what he did was do whatever he wanted to do. But until we can operate, because the Bible tells us when we, when, when, when we cannot operate in forgiveness. See, love and forgiveness goes together. Those two things go together. So when we can love and forgive, it's, it's off of us. See, forgiveness is for us. It, it, it's not for the one we're trying to forgive. It's for us that I, that I live in peace. And thank God I go to bed and, I, and, 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 and be in peace over these situations. But it all operates in, with, with, with love. Now, in verse 4, chapter 5, it says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, if you were born again, if you accepted Jesus as your Savior, you're born of God and you're an overcomer. So you can overcome anything that we're going, that's going to attack you. And when all of that stuff comes up against you, the love of God that's in you gives you the ability to be an overcomer. And this is our victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And faith and love work together. Now, and, and then we're going to close real quickly here. I know y'all need to go. In verse 17 of chapter 4, the Bible says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, I want you to get this. If you don't get anything, get this right here today. Love has been perfected among us in this because as He is, not was, Jesus, talking about Jesus, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. As Jesus is, so are we. What is Jesus this morning? He's an overcomer. Jesus is a lover. Jesus operates in love. So as Jesus is, so we are. So we walk as Jesus walks. We have the ability to operate as Jesus operates. So because He is in us and love has been perfected in us because of Him. Anybody got a problem with love? Well, I hope not. Now, the one key to you being able to operate in love is your worship time with God. Because there is no way that you can be angry with someone and hold hard feelings when you're worshiping God. Worship is the key that unlocks God's door for you to operate in love. 
Now, see, I've shared this with you guys, and, and y'all know this. But see, now, worship is, is, is time that you spend with God, not only in church. See, so many times we want to come to church. We come on Sunday morning to church. We forget all about God the rest of the week or the next Sunday morning. But it's a 24-hour, 24-7 operation. And see, do you understand? You can worship on your way to work. You can worship washing clothes. And if you stay in an attitude of worship, you can't get over in the flesh. Now, Dennis, you don't look like you believe that. See, you can stay in worship on your lawnmower. Do you? I, I'm serious. serious. I learned that long time ago that when, when I have my... Now, see, I have my worship time with my donkeys. Because I like to worship with my donkeys. Well, I got these visitors here and they're saying, Well, we walked in this place. This guy is out there. But I got my pet donkeys, and we talk to one another. And you get out in the field and worship. There's no distractions. I just worship God. Praise the Lord. So if you don't get anything this morning, let's say this. I'm going to choose today to walk this week in the love walk. The devil is not going to affect me. I'm going to walk in love this week. Now, we're going to spend just a minute, and I want y'all, my worship team come here, and I want y'all to just, let's take just a minute and worship him this morning. I hope you got something out of it this morning. I want to tell you that unless you know Jesus... Unless you've truly been born again, you don't know how to operate in love. You operate in fleshly love. I'm talking about operating in agape love. And so many times we get over out of agape into fleshly love. Let's all stand. As we're saying here this morning, you may be here, and I know we've got a lot of people out today. But it may be that you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want, I want the ability to operate in that agape love. I, I want more time. I, 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 I want to spend more time in my worship with my fellowship with my Lord. And God start working and start moving. And you'll start seeing things happening in your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me ask you in this church this morning. You may be here and you say, Pastor, I don't really truly know. I've been in church, been around church, but I don't know if I were to die if I'd make heaven my home today. I'd like to have the ability to operate in that love that you're talking about, the agape love of God, where God overflows me with a love and that I can operate in love and forgiveness. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. It'll be a great decision in your life to say, Lord, I choose to make that my statement today. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Right where you at, anybody over up in the balcony? It'll be a great decision to make to choose to walk out of where you're at into 
God's presence.